Hey, 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 this is Yellow Packaging. This is episode 35. You can follow us on Instagram at yellowpackaging604. Please rate and review us on iTunes. You can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and wherever else podcasts are available. You're listening to Yellow Packaging by Jesslyn and Colton. For two Asians born and raised in Vancouver, living our lives through the perspective of a growing minority. Our podcast is about nothing, about something, and about everything. We talk about issues going on in our lives, our city, and how that relates back to our place in a Western society. So sit back, listen up, and get a new view on what it's like. And get a new view on what it's like to live in Vancouver. To live in Vancouver. All right, hello. This is Colton. Um, Jesslyn isn't here. It's a pretty bad snow day today, so she was unable to get out of her house. But today we have a very, 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 very special guest. Uh, someone I call a really close friend, someone I've known for a long time, and someone who is married to one of my longtime besties, um, Abby Shaq Joshi. Hello, hello. Hello, Abby. How's it going? So that's your nickname, Abby, right? Yeah, people call me by all kinds of things. Abby, Abby. Yeah. Shek's Mix. Shek's Mix. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it started with just people being intimidated to say my name when it's written out. Yeah. But yeah. So do you prefer to be called Abby Shek over Abby or does it is it a whatever for it, you? It's a weird thing because I think when I first came to Canada, it was, I also felt like, oh gosh, no one can say my name. Yeah. So like I felt this burden of like, Maybe I need to change it to yeah. something that's like easier for people to say. Totally. To accommodate. It's only now that I'm like, fuck that. I yeah. can just like, people can say my name. And, yeah. and when they say it, they're like, oh, it's not as hard as it is. It isn't. Looks. Yeah. yeah. So when I was first introduced to you, yeah. I think I was introduced to you as Abhishek. Like mm. you, uh, you were introduced to me as Abhishek. Mm. But then the more I started hanging out with you, the more I started realizing that people were calling you Abby. Yeah. And then it kind of stuck. Yeah. But do you feel like there's a now a resurgent where you want people to start calling you by Abhishek, or I think are you, so. are, yeah. you are you still like, okay yeah, with going owning with it a little bit? Owning yeah, it a little definitely. Bit? Do yeah. you think do you think in the next by the by the next five years you'll be Abhishek and no longer Abby? I, I think this year already. Like, yeah, yeah. I think like it's a shedding of this like persona that I was like, oh, I gotta yeah. be ashamed of who I am and what I'm, right. like, my heritage is and all that. Yeah, and I think that just comes, you know, as you grow, you're like. Oh wait, you you don't have to do that. You just you gotta just own everything you are, and that's it's a journey. Totally, everyone gets there at their own pace. One hundred percent, I agree. Um, I think it's actually a like it's. I don't know if it's like a personal choice to give yourself a new name when you move mm-hmm. to like a Western country, mm-hmm. or if it's if it's more like the Westerners making you yeah. choose a more palatable name that's easier to yeah. pronounce. You know what I mean? That's true. I definitely think nowadays that whole idea of like giving yourself a western name is like quickly fading away yeah it's interesting yeah because I, I arrived here 2004 right and that was that was the first thing i noticed was like when people were saying their names yeah a lot of people with asian descent had a a, a, a non-asian name as well yeah which was a lot easier for them to like be accepted or feel right. accepted yeah and I, I also felt that like 
oh, perhaps I I too need one of these. <laughs> and and so like I was like, okay, I, I'm gonna be Avi. Yeah. And then later I was like, oh, Avi's kind of it sounds Jewish. Yeah. And I only realized that when I went to New York and I was like, there's so many Avis. Yeah. Here. Right. Maybe that'll work to my favor one day though. Yeah. yeah. Totally. You also have a brother whose name is Avash. Yeah. But you do you refer to him as Avash or do it like uh, Avi? No, it's it's always just been Avash. I think Does, it's like it's shorter. Yeah, it's a lot easier. So, do his friends call him Avash as well? Yeah, got it. But for for both of us, yeah, at least back home, a lot of us just call us by our last name, Joshi. Just everyone just calls us Joshi. So that's a common. That's it's pretty common for people, I guess, there to like yeah. just refer to you by your like family name. Yeah, well, like even yeah. in like Chinese culture too, it's like. Your name is usually pronounced with your last name first, right? Mm, oh, it's not quite like that. I think it's more like growing up, like there were multiple Abhishek's. Yeah. So it was easier That's for people true. to just be like, right? Yeah, just call people by, some people by their last name. So just stuck. Kind of like sidetracking here, yeah. talking about like you know how people call call you back in your homeland. Where yeah. where are you from? Tell us a bit about like where right. you're from, your nationality and cool, everything. Cool. Let's go there. Yeah. yeah. So where are you from? I'm from Nepal. Were you born in Nepal? Yeah, born in Kathmandu. Okay. And then I uh, went to boarding school when I was really young. Yeah. So like when I was in grade 1. Yeah. So grade 1 through 12 I was away from home. And where was boarding school? This was in India in a hill town called Mussoorie. Okay. And the first 10 years were in a very strict like almost like army style school. Yeah. And then the last two years were like the polar opposite. It was like an American school that was just like full freedom. Was so it like I, I had a taste of both? Was it like was it like um, so when you say like a regimented like army style? Like yeah. can you give us an idea of like what you mean? Like it means like five a.m. wake ups. Yeah, we'd be doing like our exercises and like morning runs. And yeah, then like everything was like to a very strict schedule. Right. Everything was monitored, including like yeah. the way your hair was parted, the color of your socks. Like <laughs> we had uniforms, obviously, but like specific, you had to have a, a specific brand of shoes. Yeah, no, nothing else was permitted. Right. If your hair was too short, it was a problem. Yeah. If it was too long, it's a problem. Um. Yeah. Th- everything was monitored. Yeah. And they were just it basically. Like... We even had serial numbers. Like <laughs> I was J one five one. That's insane. Yeah. So like for a long time, I was like, that was a normal for me. Yeah. But now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Would you call that autocratic or how do they describe that? I can't. There's a specific word for that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, So you were you're in that kind of strict from what you said, what ages again? From when I was six years old, so like grade one to ten. Grade one to so six to like was that like sixteen? Sixteen, yeah. So from six to sixteen, that's like ten years of your life. Do you still find yourself like? still not scarred per se but like have these like innate reactions to certain things that happened no i it's interesting because like i think there were a lot of good things that came out of it right especially just bonding with the friends that you're there Mm because you're living together yeah for the for 10 years yeah and when you're there what i feel like when at least growing up as a child like Mm -hmm. it's easier what felt easier to like overcome some of the things that fit if I look back now, I'm yeah. like, whoa, that was pretty crazy. Can you give me an example? Like, uh, you know, capital punishment kind of thing. <laughs> like, people, people get hit and beat and like... Yeah, like physical discipline. Yeah, like physical discipline was very much the norm. Yeah. I, I think I escaped most of it yeah. because I was like straight-laced good kid. That's good. So I didn't get much. <laughs> There's a few times that I got into trouble and those were like oddly yeah. like 
serious trouble yeah. once in a while. Yeah. But other than that, I was fine. So I don't think I have much in terms of like scars. From, no. From that. Or like just cr- not cringe moments, but just like shuddering moments where you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, and then like leaving that and then getting a taste of full freedom. Yeah. I think it was good before going out into the real world. Was it the same school or no, was it a different no, a different school? school, yeah. So it was across the hill, like a different hill. Okay. But it's, within the same area though. Yeah. Missouri is a strange really cool town it's it's a little like it's in the foothills of the Himalayas yeah so they're all like little forested hills right and each hill has a school on it almost Got it. so you can see from, while you're in school you can look across and you can be like rival schools will be in the other spots oh so it's like it's, little clans yeah 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 <laughs> and we'd have like inter-school like athletic contests and yeah. things like that but each school had their own culture and like different differences yeah well so was this both in high school and in like quote unquote elementary school yeah got it yeah so like they separated grade one to six or separated as like i guess you'd call it elementary here right and then seven to twelve is in one section yeah and then the boys and girls were segregated okay so it was like an all boys no it was just they just kept them separate like the dorms okay but in terms of school itself it was co-ed yeah yeah. co-ed school but then like as soon as classes were done like the girls would walk up the hill back to where the elementary school kids were yeah yeah. Sort of like Hogwarts or something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's insane. Not quite as yeah. serious. But I mean, it was good. It, was good. it had its moments yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so starting boarding school at six years old, yeah. I think at that age, you're still pretty attached to your parents. Oh, yeah. Do you feel like, are you able to look back on that and and feel good that your parents put you in boarding school? Or do you feel like, yeah. like, like, like what are your thoughts on that? I, I think... The main reason that we were put in boarding school yeah. was uh, parents wanted a level of education that just wasn't available in Nepal yeah. at that time. And I'm very grateful that I got the kind of education that I did. Yeah. Uh, like everything was taught in English right yeah. from the start. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm super grateful and fortunate for that. Mm-hmm. The other really like interesting side effect from that was like, uh, I should get into this. So I, I my native language yeah. of where I am from Kathmandu is Newari. Okay. But it's kind of like a, a fading language in the sense a lot of people, a lot of native speakers aren't speaking it as right. much anymore. Yeah. I find. And in my family, that was also the case. Like uh, my generation of mm-hmm. kids were not really speaking it. Whereas like my parents' generation and then before them, yeah. they were all like very fluent in it. Right. But when I went to school in India, I was just hanging out with a lot of uh, other Newari kids. Mm-hmm. And in their families, it was very much, that was their first language. So, you know, as a kid, you can pick up on languages a lot quicker. Yeah, definitely. So it was a, a really nice side effect that, like, I yeah. picked up Newari, like, very, very fluently right. then. Yeah. And then I came home, and my grandma was super pleased. She's like, what is this? What's going on? So they made you speak Newari at boarding school? No, no. We just spoke it because, like, the gang of friends that I hung out oh, with, they were it. all Nawari speaking. That helps too, I'm sure. Yeah. So, and I think like it helped with a lot of formative language skills, I think. For sure. pronunciation wise as well, because I have like a very diverse range of languages yeah. that I, I've learned and I can kind of enunciate things. For in sure. Multiple ways. I get that. Yeah. Definitely. So your first language, what was the first language you learned then? Uh, it'd be Nepali and Nawari ne- and English. Like we speak that all at home. So it's when a you, combination. Right. So when you yeah. started boarding school, were you, you didn't speak any English at all? Then? I did, yeah. Oh, I you, did. you, so when you, at six years old, you were already I speaking. was already speaking English, Okay, so yeah. you had had, like, I guess, like, 
Like they picked it up just on. Oh uh, no! Like my parents speak English, and like it's it's interesting because like all of education in India, Nepal as well to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I think it it's based. They call it English medium schools. Yeah. yeah. So like all subjects are taught in English, mm-hmm. and then languages. Even though the primary language of Nepal is Nepali, they'll teach that as a, a secondary class. Got it. So they won't teach you math in Nepali no, for the most part. Yeah. There are definitely the schools which would. Yeah. But they they call them like English uh, medium schools, and right. then you'd be taught in English for the most part. Yeah. So so yeah. English is like the more dominant language yes. than when you're in school. Yeah. And then like you kind of interesting. Yeah. So like. Mm. Would you say now English is your first language? It's always been. So yeah. it's the la- language that I'm like most comfortable in in terms of like reading, writing. Right. So I dream in English. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you think in English. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. But I just have like other languages that I can also like break into. Right. But I like I can speak Nepali. But yeah. I'm not the greatest at like reading or writing it. Right. And my vocabulary is not that great. Yeah. Uh, but I speak Hindi because like we had to study that for ten years. Yeah. Um, and so, like, decently fluent, but yeah. like, it's been a lot of non-practice. So, right. like, whenever I meet people from India, like, yeah. I try to practice, then it comes back totally. And then Newari is just like something that like a small ethnic group from Kathmandu area. Yeah. That's it's like their an, language. Yeah. Would you say it's like an Aboriginal language? Uh, it's like the uh, the ethnic original ethnic people of uh, Kathmandu Valley. Got it. That area. That's Got their it. language. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's a Tibeto Burmese language in origin. I Got it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, for those listeners who aren't as geographically savvy, uh-huh. um, where is Nepal situated? It's sandwiched uh, between Tibet on the Tibet's on the north, right, and then India on the south. So okay. Like we're sandwiched in between two, which Tibet's not part of annexed by China. So like right. it's part of. Uh, the Himalayan mountain range runs right through it. Yeah. And it's like landlocked between those two giants. So I think geographically we're in yeah. a very like strategic spot. Yeah. But it also gets us into this like trouble that we didn't ask for. Right. You're kind of stuck in the middle, right? Yeah. yeah. Two superpowers. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So so you spend most of your time in boarding school from 6 to 18, 19, I'd say? 18, yeah. 18? Yeah. And then after 18, you moved to Vancouver. Yeah. Where did you go? Uh, so I I googled art schools <laughs> first like I was like yeah, I'm gonna study something yeah. art related and then while I was searching on the internet um, for most schools in the US right and then I looked at the prices and I was like oh damn yeah and then I started looking at Canada yeah. and also at Singapore yeah and then within Canada I was like oh wow look at the weather yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's like rain 90% no, of the time no well but, but I picked the warmest part mainly because I was like oh my god it's minus what <laughs> yeah in like Toronto. everywhere else is minus what <laughs> yeah so yeah. That, that's how I landed at Emily Carr right and yeah was it was super it just grateful the parents were like yeah you can go study there yeah was it um, just like on a whim that you wanted to go to art school or was that always something that you were interested in uh, always something I was interested in yeah, yeah. Dad, dad was an artist, right? Um, and then he became like a graphic designer. Yeah, and then like so, f- art was in the family a lot. Yeah. Do you find that you had to convince your parents that you wanted to go to art school, or was it were they super supportive of what no, you wanted? Yeah, to they were super go? supportive. That's um, great. Yeah, I feel like I, I really lucked out in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I hear like stories from from my friends. Yeah. Like, they had a lot of battles where they were like forced into doing something that they yeah. didn't want to do, yeah. but they they're now still doing what 
their parents dictated that they right. should do. And like, I never had to go through that. And yeah. for that, I'm like super, super grateful. Totally. Very like open-minded, mm-hmm. progressive parents. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough to go to your wedding in Nepal. And yeah. I met your family, met your mom and dad a few yeah. times now. And I think they are like the coolest parents I've ever met (laughs) and I'm always like wow Abby had it so good like you know he was able to like he has great conversations with his parents he you know he keeps in touch with them he sees them and I see this really great relationship and Mm -hmm. I just think how fortunate you are to have that you know Mm -hmm. um speaking about like the reason why I was asking about the whole like whether or not your parents were supportive of that is because as you know like a lot of Asian families are Uh I mean art is something that they just like cringe at because they're terrified that you know their, yeah. their child may not be true like the struggling artist syndrome is such a huge thing yeah. right yeah yeah so would you say it's it's that whole idea is like does that happen in nepal like absolutely yeah, yeah. so a lot of parents also place that kind of pressure totally. on the kids yeah. as well I, th- I think there was a lot of people like throwing shade at like like wait you you're sending your kid to what? yeah yeah, I, and I I saw like some of my friends being like, "You're gonna go study animation? Yeah, you, yeah. You just go join like a little like thing here and learn it, like, right?" And I think it was easier for my family because like dad made a career that was art related, right? And he was fairly successful at it, so and he I understood think he, it. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't too concerned. Yeah, and I think they also just believed that like if you're pursuing something you're truly interested in, right. you're more more likely to get somewhere where you want to. For sure. Less likely to, like, hate life. Later. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I think a lot of, like, I think a lot of parents, like, I don't know how old your parents are, but, like, of my parents' generation, mm-hmm. I think they went through, like, maybe because they're from China and stuff, but they went through a time of struggle and, like, yeah. not having anything. Mm-hmm. So I think for them, it's, like, all they know is that happiness equates to money or money mm-hmm. equates happiness. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, the more you have, the happier you are, mm-hmm. you know? But I think if, I think it's, like, that whole mindset is quite different nowadays where, yeah. you know, happiness is really relative to a lot of different things you know yeah. health is more important like true. health is the new wealth as a lot of people say true, right true, true. um and i find that a lot of i think there's a major culture clash in terms of parent parental ideologies and yeah. child ideologies like yeah. even growing up at a young age i felt like um my mom was always like criticizing every kind of career choice i made uh-huh. in terms of how much money do you make in that uh-huh. and can you be happy right making that much yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean and only, I feel like only now when she sees me like doing something that I'm actually happy at and like mm-hmm. I'm good at and she sees me like being capable and independent yeah. that she's finally able to relax. Yeah. But if she had known that I could get to this point without being a doctor, dentist, lawyer, yeah. accountant, whatever from the get-go, yeah. it would have saved her and us a lot more hassle. You True. know what I mean? Yeah. And like I feel like that was also damaging to our relationship as mm-hmm, well because uh-huh. I felt like she never believed in me. Right. You know, so I think going back to it like if you're a new parent mm-hmm. listeners be supportive of whatever your child chooses yeah. and they'll be success they'll be successful at true, it true true yeah 100 right so anyways your parents are super cool <laughs> I, I think though like you know like it's a journey for everyone yeah like i think a lot of times people go on the path of like resistance being like no this is what they should do yeah and then eventually sometimes they come around yeah sometimes they can see like oh actually happiness comes from them being happy yeah not, not me being happy totally and sometimes it's, it comes later sometimes it comes early definitely uh, hopefully it comes around to that for yeah. a lot, most people definitely i find yeah. that a lot of parents you know who maybe may not have had 
a, a successful quote unquote life mm-hmm. are placing their kind of like yeah. stories on them Absolutely. and being like, yeah. this happened to me, so therefore yeah. it's gonna happen to yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But times change, you know, yeah. and the world is changing, and we're revolving, sure. and we're sure. we're creating new perspectives, yeah. you know. And I think it's like the effort needs to be put in changing the the older generation to yeah. understand that life isn't like it, what it used to be yeah. before. I don't know where exactly I heard this, but somebody was saying like, most people give life advice to kids yeah. based on what didn't work for them. Yeah, and you're right. Like you know, it's not the same place, time, uh, the world situations. Everything's changing. Yeah, and and a very rapid pace now, especially. So like, you're right. Like you know, there are careers now that you would never have thought. Exactly. Like influencers. You know, influencers <laughs> like esports. Yeah, you know? esports. Yeah, that's crazy. making millions out of playing video games. Like, who would have thought that that's yeah. a career? Olympic mm. run walking. Yeah, race walking. <laughs> race yeah. walking. Yeah. <laughs> so like anything could be like yeah. you know like we have no idea what totally. in the next five to ten years what else could become a career. Preach. Totally. I definitely think that if if you are passionate enough about it and mm-hmm. you truly believe in a certain thing, yeah. you can make money off of it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. So. So now you've graduated, you moved to Emily Carr, you're doing your thing there. Yeah. What was it like coming from, you know, Nepal, India? Yeah. You know, that kind of culture, that kind of environment. And then you're on a flight, you land in Vancouver, and you're in a totally, not totally different world, but it's just like... Completely different world. Okay, I didn't want to like just assume what it was for you. You know what's really interesting is like the first time I landed, I was like, am I I in North America? (laughs) Because like, I was like, wow, there's a lot of... Asian yeah. people here, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like totally. Indian people, and I, I was like, whoa, whoa, I, Not I think so I much can of fit a here. Shit. Yeah, it was a, a little less. Yeah, I think yeah. some of my friends. So a lot of my friends, they scattered all over the world. They went a lot of them to the U.S. Some yeah. of them landed in places like Iowa. Yeah, like the whitest middle place. of cornfields, yeah. and I'm like, whoa, that yeah. must have been a culture shock. Totally. But for me, I was like, ooh, cool. There's a lot of people that I don't feel out of place yeah. here. And so you came to Vancouver not knowing what to expect, or did you have an idea that Vancouver was pretty like Asian multicultural in I, a sense? I had heard that it, it was quite multicultural. I just didn't realize to the extent of yeah. uh, how large the populations were. Was that an influencing factor in why you went came to Vancouver? No, no, it was solely based on like much lower cost than the U.S. Yeah, and a still a similar level of education. Right, and then inside of Canada, it was yeah. like temperature right (laughs) those were my my deciding criteria that's so funny like growing up in like being born and growing up in vancouver emily carr like for me was always viewed as like an expensive school right Uh it's like oh you know it's it's not like a public university or Mm -hmm. a government university so therefore you're paying like these higher costs for it Uh but i guess like from your perspective it's it it, don't get me wrong it was still very expensive yeah and and Luckily, my parents paid for my education. Right. So, like, for them, it was a huge burden. Yeah. But compared to the U.S., it was, like, significantly less. Yeah, definitely. I, which I don't understand. Like, sometimes in the U.S., like, I know there's a lot of, like, uh, what they call it, scholarships and, what's the word? Like, fi- financial aid for, like, for yeah. studying. But it's it's prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Like, it's, like, $50,000 a year. Yeah sometimes and also being like yeah definitely i just realized that yeah like an international student you pay like a definite like yeah more higher fee for it yeah my tuition was significantly higher than most canadians but still yeah yeah it was something that i'm like very very grateful parents were like you can go here yeah Yeah. did you did you have a 
was Emily Carr your one and only choice, or did you have other choices? Uh, it was Emily Carr, and there was a college in Singapore. Yeah. And then I was like, you know what? I think I could do much more if I'm in Canada. Yeah. So your and parents were supportive of both Singapore and Vancouver. Yeah. Ideally, I think Singapore might have been their pick mainly because it's so close. Yeah. Like I could fly home in like three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so much faster than like <laughs> 20, 30 hours. With a transfer? Me. Yeah. yeah 30, 30 hours, yeah. something to get home. <laughs> so like, it's very far. Yeah. I think that distance, like, I feel it. I yeah. really feel that distance. It's kind of amazing how, like, one decision can change mm-hmm. your total, tra- the, your full trajectory of like your life path and yeah. where you go, right? Because yeah, imagine yeah. if you had made that choice to go to Singapore, yeah. none of this would be happening right no, now. Yeah. It's, it's quite trippy when you yeah. think about that, right? You're, you're exactly where you're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, exactly. The universe yeah. Yeah. will guide you. Yeah. Um, all right. So, what are you doing now? So, like, you graduated Emily Carr. Mm-hmm. What did you graduate? What did you do? Like, did animation degree in Emily Carr yeah. and then started working in television, then worked into film doing visual effects got it did that for a little over a decade yeah. and then uh, about a year and a half almost two years ago I decided like I'm gonna go freelance do your own thing do my own thing yeah and it was more of just like a, a searching a soul searching also yeah, of totally. like what exactly do I want to yeah. do because I felt that burnout of like I'm working and I'm not living yeah like I was really like working 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 yeah and didn't really feel like I was getting to a place where I felt like I was happy with Everything. Totally. It's like, what's it all for in a yeah, sense, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so, I do feel like a lot of people, I maybe I'm generalizing, but a lot of people that I know mm-hmm. have all hit like a career crisis where they're just mm-hmm. like, I hate this job. Mm-hmm. I'm getting no joy out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm stressing out every day. Yeah. What is the point? And yeah. then they, and then they just like quit, you know? And yeah. then all of a sudden you see this like 180 degree flip and they're like so much happier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if it's just like a common thing nowadays, but I'm seeing it more and more with people where they are definitely um, like they hit a rock bottom Mm -hmm. and then they reinvent themselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and I feel like I think it's needed. It it, it gives you like appreciation for for where you've been and where you are now. Yeah. And do you feel like that? Do you feel like you hit a rock bottom? I, I hit a point where I was working so much overtime that. I didn't like I didn't have time to do anything yeah it was, it was just like they were all very well paying jobs yeah uh, great like the quality of the work was really high yeah but I just didn't feel like it, it, at the end of the day I was yeah. like who am I yeah like what am I doing yeah and I felt like it was time for me to just do things that I was like okay I want to make these things yeah and so like for the past few years I've just been like searching okay like yeah where exactly to take that yeah trying to find a balance of things that like make me feel good Mm -hmm. while I'm working on these things yeah and yeah moving forward in that direction and do you feel like um the this is very typical of the visual effects industry or do you feel like it's just probably common to a lot of industries like especially like tech heavy industries I feel like there's a lot of overworked Mm -hmm. people yeah I remember running into a a they're friends of ours now but yeah. like, uh, we met them randomly here mm-hmm. um, but the guy was uh, working at SpaceX yeah. working insane hours at SpaceX right. and then he had burnout and he just like quit yeah. and now he's just a photographer yeah. making awesome stuff that he's happy with yeah. working on a magazine mm-hmm. I was like oh this is really inspiring to see That is, I yeah. think that is true success right there when you mm-hmm. can match something that you're passionate about and you love to do yeah. and get paid for it you know yeah. what I mean yeah. and then 
it's almost like that perfect blend of work and life mm -hmm. you know like work-life balance you yeah. know yeah, yeah but it's like melded together you know mm -hmm. so you're doing what you love and you love what you do true you know what totally. i mean do you feel like you are on that a strong path to get to where that is or are you already on that uh definitely on a path towards it yeah, yeah. it's funny you mentioned it because like today uh just went on to the bc uh incorporated registry okay just did a name register yeah. re reservation yeah. for our little studio. Oh, nice. So Hannah and I are starting a studio we're, yeah. we're called Wizard Lizard. Nice. And so, whoop, whoop. yeah, we're going to be launching soon, incorporating soon and launching. So do you have a website? We do. Plug it. Yeah, wizardlizard.com. It's W-Z-R-D-L-Z-R-D.com. Cool. And yeah. so what is Wizard Lizard? We are a duo, uh, art and design duo. Okay. We, so we're, it's like an eclectic blend of like fine art, uh, illustration, photography, yeah. and filmmaking. All put together cool so making visuals of all kinds so if people want to go to you what yeah. are they looking to make they're looking either to like transform a space with a mural okay fill it with art yeah uh, to make design elements for brands yeah. or content things like that yeah or for making uh, films and animation so, awesome yeah it's gonna be a wild quirky blend of yeah. things but this is the thing it's like for the longest time I kind of shied away from trying mm -hmm. to put all of that all of the things that we're into together in one yeah. pot because even like how of, do you do that yeah, yeah a lot of people also say like oh you got to be selective you got to choose just like one thing and yeah. more and more I've seen people really embracing everything that they are or yeah. everything that they enjoy yeah and that some makes them a unique thing totally. instead of just another schmo doing yeah, this. yeah definitely it's like it's almost like a creative design hub where it's like yeah. a, like somebody goes to you and it's like a one-stop shop you know yeah. it's like i'm building a brand i need some kind of like thing done in my studio yeah. i need promo videos yeah. you know so it's like it's like a one-stop shop it's yeah. kind of what yeah. it is right yeah so we're like a creative consultancy yeah. plus we also make the stuff and do you have social media yet uh we have started it but we're not quite sure because social media is work yeah <laughs> and it's we're not sure whether to just divert our current existing social medias yeah. to that website and right. just use that or just make another one and start that from scratch. Got it. The idea of like having to build another social platform from the beginning is yeah. a little bit daunting. Right. So I'm not 100% certain yet. Yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts on social media and the art industry? Or it's, it's a necessary evil. I'd yeah, say. definitely. I think there's a lot of um, social anxiety people get from sure. social media. Definitely. But it's also one of the greatest boons of this age yeah. in the sense like I can see uh, I have access to like people's work yeah. from all over the world totally. at a scale that's just unimaginable yeah. before so yeah. I'm trying to look at everything on a little bit more positive yeah, yeah. it's 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 harder to look at things with yeah. optimism than yeah. pessimism right yeah definitely yeah it takes effort but yeah. it's worth it you know yeah it, it's, it's a practice I think that everybody should start practicing is like yeah rather than go straight to the negative which is yeah. super easy yeah. to start with the positive I mean in our minds we may switch to the negative right yeah. away but if verbally saying something out loud make mm -hmm. it positive you know mm -hmm. what I mean yeah. definitely I I am all about that too now and I'm trying to really practice that more and more as I yeah. live live each day um, mm -hmm. for me it's always like trying to find the silver lining even when something bad happens yeah. it's like okay what what is that supposed to teach me yeah you know? exactly yeah yeah. It, you get growth when you you see things as a challenge yeah and then you move forward from it if you see things just in a negative light and then you're just like beaten by it totally and you're not really like overcoming it and growing yeah definitely there is a quote actually yeah. that now that we're talking about that i just read today um 
Let me see if I can find it. On a, oh, yeah. Uh, so the quote was... So, like, I guess in the beginning of the new year, uh-huh. like, with everything that was going on, like, the Australia wildfires, yeah. you know, the, all the stuff that's happening with Iran, you yeah. know, Trump and everything, I was definitely feeling really impacted by it and i was like this world has gone to shit like the world's coming to an end yeah i've lost all hope i don't believe in humanity anymore Uh you know what i mean yeah and it really took me a while to like just kind of not like psychoanalyze but just like look at everything and see what are we doing yeah and how can i look at this from a better perspective like what can we gain out of it you know what i mean and it really did help Uh and then today i read this quote from i don't know who this person is but his name is L. R. Nost, and his quote was, "Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of the world. All things break, and all things can be mended, not with time, as they say, but with intention. So go, love intentionally, extravagantly, unconditionally. The broken world waits in the darkness for the light that is you." And I was like, "That's actually really inspiring." You know, what I mean, totally. it's like, yeah, the world is broken right now, but that doesn't mean it can't be fixed. Mm-hmm. Everything can be fixed as yeah. long as we have the mindsets to fix it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, okay." That only adds to my need to look at things from a more optimistic perspective yeah. than a pessimistic perspective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a lot of times people see like when when people go saying like love is the answer. Yeah, it, it's taken as like oh that's like the hokey cheesiest, hokeyest yeah. thing ever. Definitely, but it it I mean it makes sense. Like, yeah, you know if you if you consciously made every decision first with love in mind, yeah. like it just makes things better. Hundred percent. It's hard to do. It is. It's very hard to do, yeah. but that's that's just how it is. Totally, and I I think like like for me, it's like cutting TV out of my life mm-hmm. was like a good stepping stone because I feel like you know the media and the news tends to always like emphasize yeah. and sensationalize the ugly things, the bad things, you know, because yeah. I mean? they know that that's what makes yeah. makes ratings, makes uh-huh. viewings, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And I f- I do feel like sometimes I don't know, like even social media, but like just media in general tends to tends to really have a toxic effect on mm-hmm. on how you view the world yeah especially when you're surrounded by nonstop. you know yeah. like like today i just realized like on the news like because I, I listen to the cbc radio every morning yeah. and then every 10 minutes they're talking about you know the plane that got shot down you know, the Ukrainian airlines plane that yeah. got shot down the wildfires in australia you yeah. know and all this other things that i'll go into later in my topics but yeah. it's just like if you're hearing it on a constant every 10 minutes yeah how do you not get yeah. upset by it all yeah, you know what I mean true. so yeah. anyways one, one thing that's something that I, I try to think about is like we, we all, none of us live long enough to see the pattern yeah and so like humanity has always been going through times that are shit yeah but if you look at it this is the only generation right now where like it, we're living in a true golden age like, you know you can change a regime without bloodshed yeah that that's never happened before like, totally you'd have to have a revolution Pe- heads would roll yeah there would be blood <laughs> spilled before you could change government I agree yeah and and uh, like so if you look at it in the positive side like yeah. we're, it's never been this good ever yeah so yes it, things are bad there will always be bad yeah exactly but like I think we just don't realize like Every generation that's ever existed has had that moment. insane hardships that they've got to go through. Definitely, There's, it's just it's, it's just, just like yeah. the 2020 version of that, yeah. essentially, right? No light without darkness. Exactly, the yin and the yang. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, so now that we've kind of got an idea of like who you are, what you're doing, where you're from, yeah. Um, so the next part of this podcast is we go into topics. Okay. So 
Um, generally, it's just things that I found that are interesting, uh-huh. and I just want to talk about it, bring sure. it up. Yeah. So um, let's go into that. Sure. Cool. So my topic that I found today, we'll only have one, maybe two if we are feeling extra chatty. Okay. Um, it is about this new thing that um, Eddie Wong, uh, Dr. Goldberg, and this TV personality, Jeannie Mai, Whoa, have I been calling called um, the CRS problem. What is that? So CRS stands for Chinese Restaurant Syndrome. Ooh. So it's actually a true definition. Yeah. Um, so according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, yeah. it's a noun, and it's defined as a group of symptoms such as numbness of the neck, arms, and back with headache, dizziness, and palpitations that is held to affect susceptible persons eating food and especially Chinese food heavily seasoned with monosodium glutamate oh, msg yeah so msg is has a very notorious uh i guess perspective yeah. in almost everybody's mind totally but i think um with recent shows i think with like ugly delicious i think it was uh-huh. or there's a certain show i can't remember which one it was yeah. that actually went into a whole spiel about what msg was about yeah. and i feel like the agents are really trying to take that movement and change it yeah. to teach people that msg is actually not bad for you yeah it's but it's like um what had happened was a doctor in like the 90s had posted something mm-hmm. an article just kind of like falsely claiming that it was MSG that that creates this thing yeah uh, this kind of negative side effect that people have yeah and MSG is found in Chinese food yeah and so ever since then it's everyone's been like yeah. oh yeah Chinese food yeah. MSG so it's like a placebo effect yeah. of people having that exactly yeah. I, I know I have I have friends who have experienced this. Totally. I'm like, and they always say like, oh, it's the MSG. But then I'm like, what happens when you're eating that bag of Doritos, Yeah, bro? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so now you're like not MSG. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't remember what show it was. Like, I don't know if you, did you see it? I can't remember what show it was. I think was it wasn't. Uh, was it Ugly, Ugly Delicious? Delicious. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they actually did like a little serve, that, a test thing where they gave yeah. people bags of chips. Yeah. And they started eating them. Yeah. And they're like, oh, there's MSG in these chips. Or something yeah. like, they kind of, falsely told him yeah. and then they're like oh yeah I actually feel like really thirsty and yeah. my head kind of hurts yeah. and they're actually there was no MSG yeah. in it yeah but <laughs> but you know the placebo effect is it's extremely so powerful. powerful definitely Th- there's a book I've been wanting to read it's called You Are the Placebo yeah and Mind uh, Over Matter right 100% and more and more I'm like there's more to that than people want to give credit yeah definitely yeah so just to kind of go into further detail about how MSG got a bad rep so this happened in 1968 um a letter to the editor of a prestigious medical journal described the author's anecdotal account of generalized weakness, palpitations, and numbness in the arms after eating at a Chinese restaurant. He noted that any number of ingredients may have caused his symptoms, sodium, alcohol from, alcohol from the cooking wine, and MSG. However, the letter spawned the idea that MSG may be associated with some, such symptoms, which was coined Chinese restaurant, sim- Chinese restaurant syndrome. And then further to that, they did eight studies um, on animals, so they did a animal testing where they injected MSG into the abdomen of animals. But the thing is, they injected so much yeah. into it that yeah. of course there's going to be some kind of yeah. adverse effects to it. It could just be the amount of sodium they were actually like taking in rather than the actual MSG itself. Yeah. So once again, it's like shitty studies and a shitty understanding of what MSG is yeah. has created this long-term, still lasting understanding that MSG equals bad for you and like even for me and even mm-hmm. my parents still like 
bitching your plan about how like, oh, this restaurant uses MSG, don't eat there. Yeah. But the fact is nobody's really educating what MSG is. That's true. Which is the crazy thing. So anyways, um, Eddie Wong, Jeannie Mai, and Dr. Goldberg are trying to change this. And yeah. they've actually uh, built a website called Redefine CRS. Yeah. So the website is redefinedcrs.com. Yeah. Um, they're asking you to tweet it yeah. to Merriam-Webster and get them to change the definition of what it is. That's really cool. They're proposing that the definition should be changed to also a noun, but it'll be defined as an outdated term that falsely blamed Chinese food containing MSG or monosodium glutamate for a group of symptoms, which is, I don't know, I think that's pretty accurate, yeah, right? Yeah. And so for listeners who don't really know what MSG is, I'll just, I just quickly did a quick research on it. Um, if you go on the website www.whyusemsg.com, there's a huge fact sheet that goes into details, details about everything. But essentially, monosodium glutamate is a seasoning that combines sodium, like that in table salt, with glutamate, the most abundant amino acid in nature, and one of 20 that make up protein. Glutamate is also naturally present in foods such as tomatoes, aged cheeses, mushrooms, and even breast milk. MSG separates into sodium and glutamate when exposed to water in foods or saliva in the mouth, which is why the body cannot distinguish between the glutamate naturally present in foods, such as Parmesan cheese and added MSG. So MSG was actually created by a Japanese person in 1908 yeah. by the name of Dr. Kikunai Ikeda. Yeah. And he actually marketed it as like a flavor enhancer. Umami. Yeah, umami. And he actually discovered this kind of umami flavor through yeah. seaweed broth yeah. and analyzing that. Um, so the Ajinomoto he, Yeah, company, yeah. Right? Ajinomoto uh, was patented actually and it was commercialized. Yeah. Um, and it's actually made by a fermentation process. Like the real MSG is actually made through fermenting corn. Oh, cool. So yeah, really interesting idea yeah. on um, changing and kind of redefining what yeah. MSG is. And some people are even saying that MSG can actually be a lot better for you than just using salt itself. Hmm. So there's, I like it, you know what I mean? I like that, you know, yeah. that the Asians are claiming this now as like, yeah. this is our thing and we're gonna change the way you look at it, yeah. you know? It's interesting. Well, we're still on the topic of yeah. MSG, but like, I also have the stigma of like, oh, MSG is bad for you. Yeah. I don't know where, but it's something. I like it's either carcinogen yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I've also typically stayed away from. You know, I never had mm -hmm. MSG in that yeah. in my kitchen. Right. But like, my mom had it in hers. She would use it when making dumplings and things like that. Like an actual seasoning that she would use. Yeah. To to enhance flavors. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it's only recently that I've, I've come to be like, you know what? It's okay. And it took a white friend, like Ollie Rankin, one of our friends. <laughs> yeah. He's a, a wonderful chef. And he he made us popcorn once. Yeah. And he he was like seasoning it with MSG and yeah. everything else. We were just like, oh my God, what no, are you doing? No, he was, he, he totally, he was like, this is cracked popcorn. And yeah. he made this and it was the most delicious fucking popcorn. Totally. Rah, 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 rah. Yeah, that umami flavor that MSG has, yeah. it cannot be replicated. And that's what really it, it makes does, it so it delicious. It does make you want to just eat more MSG, yeah. which is the reason why they added into a lot of yeah. uh, packaged foods. Totally. So, yeah. So when you, when you had that, crack popcorn did, yeah. did he tell you that he was yeah, using yeah. a machine at yeah, first totally, yeah. and then you already opened it or did you go into yeah, it no, I was the okay idea with it, that like, like it was just like seeing somebody who's non-Asian readily using it in his kitchen I was yeah. like oh hey it's yeah. alright yeah, yeah. Totally. So today, actually, we were in TNT. We were looking for MSG and we couldn't find it. Oh. So we didn't ask somebody because we yeah. were in a bit of a rush. But like, yeah. 
readily. I was like, we looked in the salt section, we looked around, and, yeah. and we were like, oh, where is it, it? It could be marketed as something different as yeah. well, right? I looked for Ajinomoto. Yeah. I was like, I want the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah I feel it. like the original, start with the original, see how much it's morphed <laughs> to today's standards, you know what I mean? I, I imagine it's the same. It's like, it's like yeah. salt. It's like a, the chemical component is what makes it that compound. Right totally. Here. I do, I, but like, you know, it is like salt, but salt also has like a million different varieties of salt too, yeah, right? That's you true. Get like, you know, like, cheap and cheerful salt and yeah. you get really high-end salt yeah and some people can really taste the difference so i wonder if msg yeah. would follow along the same yeah. route yeah you know what i mean the caking agent <laughs> and the caking agent that they added to the cheap salt yeah so you didn't really grow with msg then i did oh yeah no, it was oh yeah your mom everywhere. cooked with yeah it, right. like people people back home they use it all the time but like, it doesn't have the same you know, momos yeah it's full of msg so momo, what are momos for those who Mo- don't know momos are Nepalese dumplings. Yeah. I think like Tibetan Nepalese dumplings. Yeah. And it's like the They're most so ubiquitous good. food you can find yeah. in Kathmandu around Nepal. Yeah. And they look like Shaolong Baos. Yeah. Right? So, so they're a little bit heartier. Yeah. Uh, and then like, yeah, a little soupy inside. Yeah. Not quite as much as a Shaolong Bao. Not yeah. quite as delicate yeah. either. Yeah. And then it's served with like a, almost like a salsa kind of hot sauce dipping sauce. Thing. Right. Yeah. So good. Yeah. MSG Central. So they put MSG so, in that? Totally. In the meat seasoning. Yeah. Good to know. Yeah. yeah. No wonder I felt like lightheaded and yeah. dizzy after eating yeah. it. <laughs> it wasn't the, the parasite. Yeah, so totally. You got sick with. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's the it MSG. Could, one or the other. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I'm trying to like not not have a negative reaction when I look at the ingredient list, ingredients list and see MSG. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's tough though because I grew up my entire life thinking that MSG was like, something you shouldn't eat it's true it's bad for you it's carcinogenic and yeah. all that stuff I, and here's something i would say like i haven't researched into whether it's actually good for you yeah so like you know take it with a grain of salt yeah exactly <laughs> and everything <laughs> Just, is good in moderation right? exactly yeah, yeah. like obviously you're gonna yeah. have like adverse side effects if yeah. you're eating like 20 ramen yeah noodles right that's true and like it's the compound effect of all of the processed food in total yeah you know? exactly but, but at the same time like it does get a bad rep because a lot of processed foods use it. Totally. Yeah. So is it the MSG or is it the processed food, yeah, right? Exactly. It's like, and I think the reason why it made it so believable is because nobody was really educated on what monosodium yeah. MSG was. Also, studies are very, um, they can be skewing yeah, like to biased. the public. Yeah. yeah. But it's also like people have that all the time. Like, yeah. It was just, I was just watched, have you watched Game Changers? So uh, this is a tangent. I've, I've heard of it, yeah. yeah. About the, I, I watched that and then I, on the Joe Rogan podcast, there was this guy, Chris Kresser, who came on. And yeah. He did like a two and a half hour debunking of the whole movie. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, what? And then, <laughs> and then like they invited the guy, uh, the host of the Game Changers to come and like debate all the debunking. Oh. And so there was a four hour episode where he actually was like debunking the guy who debunked it. Yeah. And I was like, holy moly, I really learned a lot about how skewed studies can be and like totally. it's really important if you're gonna trust the study you gotta know how to read it and actually yeah, go into it totally otherwise you should trust the, the, the general scientific consensus of people who've actually done a lot of the research that's really yeah. like good advice and I think in this day and age where documentaries on Netflix are like 100 a day that you get mm. you know what I mean yeah. and people get so so skewed and so like you know eager to like yeah. follow this documentary you yeah. know and like believe everything they're yeah. saying you know but yeah. I think I do agree that you need to you need a three sixty perspective yeah. before you actually yeah educate devote yourself, to yeah, and then make your decision totally. Yeah, like I know quite a few people that watch Game Changers and they were like, 
oh yeah i'm going vegan now like i'm not eating meat like i heard that like if you don't eat meat like your your erections become so strong and all this they, stuff they didn't have that in there and i think a lot of the claims that they made in the movie weren't false no i don't think they and were false, so though. in general yeah. i think especially in the west like having more of your food be plant-based yeah it's just it's better for the environment better, better for your for body you. yeah, yeah. 100%, totally yeah yeah so go meatless <laughs> yeah <laughs> if you can yeah at least like one day a week or yeah. something or if anything it's like try not eating red meat try cutting one type of meat out of your yeah. diet and then kind of even that is it's questionable like you know like is it worse than others or yeah. not but yeah. like you know do your research totally and then make your own decisions yeah and That's also the make important. make the decisions for yourself and exactly. not what other people yeah don't don't preach it on to other people yeah, yeah exactly i think that's why vegans get such a bad rep it's because they're constantly boasting about them being vegan it's true <laughs> grr <Yeah. laughs> which Ve- is which is a real shame i think yeah. like they are the worst at at advocating for a movement that really is something that's so necessary right now totally something needs to change and like definitely yeah i mean like buy local buy organic you know like there's so many things that we can do to just improve the environment just conscious decisions i think that's where things come from yeah like actually like instead of just unconsciously trying to eat and do things yeah like if you just choose to like know more it's just better for everybody definitely and i think like i do have hope that like we call them the Gen Zs, you mm-hmm. know, like the new generations that's coming up. They are super conscious and super like aware of these kinds of things that are happening in the world. Like, yeah. I mean, Greta Thunberg, for example, yeah. only grew to such amazing heights because of this this affiliation that the Gen Zs and everybody had, mm-hmm. you know? It's yeah. like her age wasn't a, a, de- a detriment to her success. Yeah, you totally. know what I mean? It's yeah. what she had to preach. And yeah. I think that a lot of people her age yeah. and around that age range are really focusing on like, you know, where is my stuff coming from? You know, yeah. is it ethically sourced? Is yeah. it sustainable? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think them being so educated on these kinds of things are making corporate companies accountable yeah. for every action yeah. that they have. Because if an entire generation that's coming up is going to vote with their wallet, totally, and they're not going, if they're going to boycott you because of your yeah. own choices of how you've made your products, totally, you better watch out. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that um, the only reason why we haven't progressed as much as we have. Maybe not Canada per se, but like say the USA and like China stuff. It's because it's all a bunch of old people with old mentalities and old mm-hmm. kind of ideologies and what the world mm-hmm. should be and how it should be. Yeah. I mean, like it's uh, it baffles me that in today's day and age where we have actual proof that climate change is happening yeah. and people are denying it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like what I, what more proof do you need? And like yeah, for a lot of people, I think like if they can maintain a status quo where they're economically at a place of uh, power. Yeah. And currently, like, there's no immediate danger to themselves. Yeah. Then they'll do everything that they can to keep that position. Totally, just to maintain. That's, that's probably the biggest reason why climate change denial exists. Yeah. Uh, but it's not going to be available. That luxury won't be there for much longer. Like, totally. you can see how quickly things are escalating. Yeah, exactly. So there's going to come, I think, it's going to, it's like a, a, a crux moment where yeah. the world will either, like, divide and fall apart yeah. or, like, have to just forcibly unite on one thing i agree you know i do think i'm like like working for like a big corporate company and mm-hmm. like seeing what the industry is doing mm-hmm. and understanding like what they're accountable for i think a lot of companies are recognizing the major impact that certain industries have on the environment right and they are aware of it and they know that they're accountable for it and if yeah. they don't do anything about it they're gonna fall and um it it, it makes me hopeful that people are 
even if it's like, maybe not be like a hundred percent being like eco friendly or whatever, but uh-huh. even one small change can have such a huge impact and yeah. delay the inevitable. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Compounds over. Yeah. Exactly. Like I think nowadays there's a lot of there's a huge movement towards like you know package free. You know, like Vancouver just recently got yeah. rid of styrofoam packaging. Yeah, it's um, a really good first step. Yeah, like I think like some people think that oh, if what's one little thing, you know? But yeah. I think if enough people stop using straws, yeah, then that's a huge like yeah. Decrease. It adds up. It yeah. totally adds up. It, I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah, it's. I saw somebody carrying a tote where it just said, "It's just one plastic bag," and it said, "said nine million nine yeah. billion people." Totally. And I was like, "Yeah, that's right." I agree. Yeah. I also think that like if companies and you know brands are going to be making these kind of decisions, they also need to understand, you know, the impacts of the decisions that they're making. So, yeah. like for example, companies that are not selling plastic bags anymore they're doing reusable bags yeah well you're not doing you're not doing plastic bags but now you're using all this resources to create these reusable bags that people treat uh-huh. as disposable yeah you know what i mean so it's like it's yeah. not that it's like a, it's like a never-ending thing yeah. but i think people really need to zero in on like if you're going to be yeah. eco-friendly what does that mean and what mm. are the impacts you know what yeah, I mean? yeah yeah how best to tackle it yeah, yeah. definitely I know we're getting there. Totally. So I'm hopeful that you know yeah. we can. The glass half full. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Gotta gotta stay like no, that. I'm a huge believer in like there needs to be positive futurism. Yeah. I think it's super important, especially like for the youth. I think they're feeling the pressure of like, oh, our future is bleak. Yeah. And I I think a lot of them are being driven to try and change that. Yeah. But I think a positive futurism is also super necessary to help people see like you can have yeah like you can go towards a, a more utopian alternative totally than, than what we're currently heading towards yeah hundred percent I yeah. agree and like I don't know I'm 33 training 34 mm-hmm. we're all about the same age mm-hmm. we are that generation that's gonna be like leading not leading the world but like influencing how the world the next like. 10 years of the world you know mm-hmm. what I mean and it, it it really makes me hopeful that the people that I'm surrounded with mm-hmm. all share similar ideologies mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah if I was the only one I maybe I'd have a different perspective yeah. but the fact that all my friends yeah have like said oh like I compost now I don't use plastic bags yeah. you know I don't use straws yeah all that I don't take use like takeout containers anymore yeah all that stuff it yeah we're we're we're, we're woke you know what I mean it's like and, we know and- there's a huge power in like when you see a friend that you are close to or like uh, trust yeah and them making the personal changes it kind of it motivates you just like because they're leading through example totally nobody likes being told right yeah like nobody totally. wants to be like shamed yeah. yeah but when you see like oh somebody I know and love or, and trust is doing this change yeah. oh that's not that difficult for me to also implement into my life totally and so that's another side effect of like if you make that change you might see that propagate out into your yeah. circle it's like a ripple yeah. effect right so yeah go yeah. out and do that guys. yeah exactly so be conscious about the decisions you're making <laughs> 100% cool alright so we went to a, a so, few tangents yeah. but I think you know I don't know how we got into you know from MSG to environmental <laughs> but you know that's how we roll it on yellow packaging okay cool so um, what's, what's the next topic you're the have? next topic we're gonna go on is um, maybe I'll say this for next time sure but yeah it's yeah I think we're, we're I don't wanna bore you guys anymore <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know to end the show we like to do a, a sweet and sour sour Ooh, and sweet yes. so Prior to recording, I told you to prepare for this. Yeah. So hopefully you have some good ones. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. So I prefer to start on a sour. Yeah. And then finish with the sweet. Okay. You know, rather than end. Yeah. 
And on a negative note, all right. So, why don't do you have a sour? I do have a sour. Okay, share it. Let's hear Cardigo it. Cardigo is leaving all of North America. <laughs> I know. Like, what's up with that? I don't understand. So, uh, I heard that the reason why Cardigo is leaving is because Uber and Lyft are coming in, and they're gonna just like decimate the yeah. car share industry. Yeah, I think primarily they didn't really do that well in North America, but surprisingly, Vancouver was the only city where they had a massive success in North America. It matched. Their top four cities in Europe. Oh wow! Yeah. So do you know what they're shipping all those cars to Europe? I don't know. Like what happens to all those cars? Big corporate red tape shit. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna like just dump it in a dumping ground. No, so don't say that. I'd imagine like it's worth enough that they'd take it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some pretty nice cars there. Yeah, but so I think they would probably. Su- because that, that left, must be really expensive. Left-hand drive. Yeah, I would imagine they would probably take it over to Europe. And then there'll be tons of left-hand drivers right. in Europe? No, I mean, <laughs> Europe's pretty divided. Like, I think it's only UK that's, like, right-hand Oh, drive. I yeah. thought it was all of Europe that was no, no. right-hand drivers. No, it's, it's like, the UK and, and most of their Commonwealth areas are right-hand drive. Yeah. Other than Canada. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest is the other way. Got it. I think. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty sad. Definitely, I, I liked, so in Vancouver... Um, there are two car share places, Evo and Cardigo. Mm. I liked having the option, you know yes. what I mean? Yes. And now that Cardigo's gone as of February, yeah. we won't have that option anymore. No. So does that mean Evo has a monopoly and are they going to like fuck with us and like try and raise the, the prices or do you think they're going to stay competitive to compete with Uber and Lyft? I, I heard a statement put out by the guy who runs Evo, the yeah. BCAA guy, and yeah. he said like they're going to try and stick through. Amazing. Yeah, so as long as he can. because he, But he also sees uh, Rideshare as something that could potentially be a threat. But he said they're going to wait and see, and see and yeah. depending on the results. I, like, I was th- I've been thinking about it ever since I heard Cardigo was leaving. Yeah. Like, I would prefer to do a car share, yeah. like car, like Evo or Cardigo, over grabbing an Uber or Lyft. True. I mean... Depending on the situation. Yeah, depending on the situation. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I just... I guess if, like, if Evo ends up being more expensive, then that's a different story. But, yeah. like, I don't know. I I don't think... Yeah, because, like, the cost is pretty reasonable, especially yeah. if you have f- other passengers with you. Totally. And there are situations where, like, you know, you're, you're trying to get something from point A to point B. Yeah. And, like, it's not quite reasonable to take uh, an Uber with it or something. Or, like, you're trying to go to Ikea. Like, yeah. It's not going to work, so yeah. I hope it sticks around. An Uber or a Lyft driver is not going to carry your your yeah. mom bed frame or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> have to pay for that delivery. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool. That's that's a really good sour. I like that one. What's your sour? Okay, so my sour is in relation to the past weather events that have been happening. Yeah. You know the, the so Vancouver has is kind of going through a snowstorm. I'd say you know we're getting a lot of snow right now. Yeah. Um, today is like one of the the worst that we've had mm-hmm. um, and the city kind of shuts down yeah. which I'm cool with I get it you know what yeah. I mean? like Vancouver it's hit and miss when it snows yeah. every year so we're never prepared and we're not really going to invest the money in it because if it if it's not a reliable event that happens every year then why would they invest the money into it yeah my frustration is with people who feel like they can drive in snow even though they can't yeah you know what I mean yeah it's like, I don't know if you saw that video of the Tesla that was burning on fire in the snow. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's like you have all these people who don't know how to drive in snow. So they're flooring it. Yeah. Thinking that it's like any other day when it yeah. really isn't. Yeah. You know, and like do whatever you want with your car. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when you start affecting other people. Yeah. That's a major issue. Because that's just a selfish thing. You it's know, true. Um, it's it's just funny hearing how like on the highways, like 
there's just cars just like stranded on the road. Yeah. People in the news would be like, don't drive if you can't, don't drive if you don't have snow tires. Yeah. It's like, it's a legitimate thing. And it's, it's just crazy seeing how cocky people are mm-hmm. in this kind of weather. Yeah. Especially like car specifically. Yeah. You no. Know? And I also find that people are, it's either they feel like they're above it or they are so terrified of it that they can't get anywhere or go anywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like, you know, when you have the flu, you should, better to stay home kind of situation definitely yeah so if you're not equipped it's better to, yeah and you're right like you're putting not just your life at risk yeah when you're in traffic you are traffic you know like, yeah exactly yeah. ain't that the truth yeah so like, yeah i don't know drive carefully yeah drive carefully be responsible yeah you know i mean don't be don't slow, be a dummy when you slow drive and steady yeah slow and steady. exactly or don't drive if you don't yeah. have the confidence Totally. The accurate confidence, yeah. not the cocky confidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that is my sour. Yeah. Um, it's just funny how Vancouver turns into a different world. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shielded from it because yeah. I'm working from home and it's just like walking <laughs> around everywhere. So yeah. I'm just like, I'm, I'm okay. But there have been situations where I've seen people running reds. Yeah. Just, just sliding, sliding right through, through the it. snow. Totally. I'm like, and some of them, not even, not even because they couldn't stop, they just were running reds on a snow day. I'm like, Maybe like, be a little bit more mindful. Yeah, out of, out of all the days yeah. you're going to run a red on a snow day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, very, very, very... Yeah, also, like, people crossing the streets when they shouldn't be crossing on a snow day. It's like, yeah. that's a really cocky move. You're, you're playing with fire there. True. All it takes is, like, Car one shitty driver. To stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Karma won't stop yeah. you there. For sure. Okay, so that was my sour. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we're supposed to get some more snow tonight. But yes. we'll see how I, it goes. I, I'm, I'm loving the snow. Yeah, I so. actually enjoy walking in the snow because yeah. it's nice and quiet. Yeah. But when it starts turning to slush, yeah, it's, which it will, it's, it's pretty gnarly. It's but true. if you don't, if you're not equipped with the proper gear, yeah. So you know. Speaking of which, you should get some blunts. I know. I just got a pair. <laughs> I was so thinking, nice. I was just actually talking to Jessalyn about yeah. it. I was like, because she's on the I hate. Blundstones bandwagon. <laughs> so I was talking to her. I was like, "Do you still hate Blundstones?" And she's like, "No, I don't." But I just feel like there's other options out there. It's a yeah, personal thing, but totally. I'm actually like seriously. After today, I was like, maybe I should get Blundstones because I just have Hunter boots, and yeah. they are a gum boot, and they're yeah. not as practical. Yeah, and I'm just like, I can't yeah. really wear gum boots all day yeah. every day. You know, like for the longest time, I, I've had shoes that were equipped for like inclement weather. Yeah, and then like if you last year or the year before that I got a hole in my boots yeah and I, they were palladiums they yeah were cool but then I threw them out right and then I didn't get a pair and yeah. I was just like I'm gonna wear sneakers just ride or die just right. it'll be fine just do it up and then like right before a, a few weeks ago before going to Tofino for New Year's yeah I was like I gotta get something that's not gonna be soaking wet yeah and that's when I went to the Blundstone store yeah. and guess I got a pair and somebody else I knew was also walking in there for yeah. their first pair ever yeah and yeah no, I, I'm a, I'm an instant convert. I'm like, you know, these are super versatile. Yeah, they're comfy and they have a reputation of just lasting for a totally. really long time. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have the reputation that they had if they yeah. didn't live up to it, yeah. right? So, so Blundstones, if you're listening, um, yeah. I would love to be sponsored. Yeah. Commissions. <laughs> uh, I'm a size five and a half men's, women seven. I like the chisel toe, yeah. black or brown. You know, just hook it up, hook it up. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to a lighter note. Yeah. Um, what Sweet. What is your sweet? Ooh, so this was something from today. Yeah. Um, I guess you and Hannah went to Haru Korean Kitchen yes. the other day. And then got a recommendation for a really cool new dessert place okay. in what Chinatown. Is it? It's called Hodukwacha. Hoduya. Yeah, Hoduya. Yeah, that's the place. And they make these like walnut cakes 
uh, filled with red bean or yeah. custard. Yeah. And a little the, the red bean one has the walnut in it. Yeah. And uh, got to try that today, and it is delicious. So is it like a cake? Is it? It's kind of. Uh, it's a walnut shaped. Mm, I guess they make it kind of in like a mold. Yeah. Kind of like a takoyaki mold yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing, but it's a little thin cake with a filling inside. Yum. And we first tried this in Toronto a yeah. few years ago, and I've never seen it here. Yeah. So like, I was like, oh, will they have one? And they finally got it. So nice. That's my sweet. So it's like a pastry, would you say? Cakey pastry? I think with so, filling. yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're like bite-sized. A Korean donut, maybe. A Korean Timbit. <laughs> Timbit-sized. Yeah. But like a million times tastier yeah. than a Timbit. And not as processed, I'm sure. So much tastier yeah, than yeah. Timbit. It's freshly made, cool. so it takes about like five to ten minutes yeah. when they order it. Yeah. But it's so worth it. Hoduya. H-O-D-U-Y-A. Yeah. So follow on my Instagram. You can see what they look like. Yeah. It's on Kiefer and... Uh, what, Abbott? Abbott, yeah. yeah Kiefer and Abbott, like yeah, around, around there. there yeah. Really small shop, but yeah. I've walked by it a few times. And it's across the street from the Rexall yeah. at the International Village. Yeah, it's a good way to, yeah. to reference it. But yeah, hit it up. Um, that's a really good sweet. That's a sweet sweet. Yeah, it's a sweet sweet. That's awesome. What's your sweet? Cool. So my sweet is actually, you know... Uh, a flip side to the snow that's going on. Yeah. Um, so when it started snowing on, was it, what day is it? It's Wednesday today. So like, yeah. I think it was like Monday, it started snowing a bit. And then Tuesday, it started snowing more. Um, I've noticed how much joy snow snow creates in people. Yeah. It's like, I, I couldn't really, before I didn't really, I thought they were kind of like, like what's the big deal, right? Yeah. It's not a big deal. But I, like, I remember like, oh, sorry, Sunday, it's was snowing. Yeah. And I remember just walking out into that snowstorm, grabbing takeout, like kind of like grumbling because it was snowing so hard and I was getting covered in snow. Mm-hmm. And then I, I look and I see like a bunch of like, I guess like exchange students maybe. I don't yeah. know if they were maybe, but the, I think they were Mexican, maybe Spanish, Brazilian, but they were like so happy. They're like jumping around, like videotaping it, yeah. like spinning around, yeah. you know what I mean? And this was at night, right? So I think snow looks really beautiful at night. Totally. And it just all of a sudden like switched my perspective on it. I was like, oh my God, that's like, that's that's a really crazy thing to experience if you've never experienced snow before. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? If you come from a warm place where yeah. you don't normally get snow, it's, yeah. it's such a, a novelty. Totally. Like, yeah. I know somebody um, that just recently moved from Thailand to here mm-hmm. with, with their kids. And that's one thing that the kids were the most excited about was yeah. for snow. But they weren't sure if it was going to snow this year. Yeah. And now it's snowing and they're yeah. just like, the happiest kids ever like yeah. it's such a weird thing you know like you don't really hear people usually summer gets all the reputation for yeah. like things to do outside but snow you know usually doesn't i mean there's snow sports and stuff but like mm-hmm. actually going outside and playing in the snow mm-hmm. it's such a novelty thing yeah you know so then anyways so after i saw that i got home um and i could hear outside kids playing in the snow and just like screaming for joy and everything and i was like that was like a really nice thing i was like yeah. it kind of like it made me appreciate snow again and like the joy that it can create in people. So I don't know. Awesome. S- snow is nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then after that, I've been appreciating snow more. Yeah. It's not fun to necessarily get caught in traffic in it. But if you if you avoid that and yeah. you're just walking in it and really just like being present in the moment. Yeah. It's actually a really beautiful thing. True. And that s- sound deadening effect. Yeah. That it has. It's like an insulation blanket. Totally. Yeah. It's amazing. That's yeah. one of my most favorite things about yeah, snow is that it silences yeah. everything. It's yeah. a true, peaceful, like, serene feeling when you're walking yeah. out. I highly recommend you walking out at night when it's snowing. Yeah. Maybe not. Maybe where it's safe. Away yeah. from drivers. Yeah. All right. So that 
wraps up episode 35. Woo! Thank you so much. No, thank you for having me on. Um, do you have anything you want to tag? Shout out. Where can we find you on Instagram? Oh, my Instagram is Hishimaru, H-I-S-H-I-M-A-R-U. All right. What and do you have on your Instagram? It's a lot of photography and a lot of like computer graphics uh, experiments that I'm making as my just personal art practice. All right, um, cool. So follow yeah. Abby at Hishimaru, Abby Sheck at Hishimaru, yeah. H-I-S-H-I-M-A-R-U yeah. to get inspired and see some crazy cool shit. Uh, not shit in the battery, but shit like cool yeah, stuff. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and then um, what else is there? And then Wizard Lizard, I guess, right? Yeah, Wizard Lizard. So W Z R D L Z R D dot com. It's Wizard Lizard with no vowels. No vowels. Got yeah. it. And is that on, are you guys on Instagram too? We are. It's uh, think Wizard thing? Lizard Studio. Wizard yeah. Lizard Studio. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll tag you on Instagram when we do our post. But Sounds yeah. Good. All right. So that wraps up episode thirty-five. Jesslyn isn't here, so we don't have an outro song, but. Um, yeah, you can follow us on Instagram at yellowpackaging604 where you can see um, the post for this episode and see what we talked about. And I'll also tag you and all the cool stuff that you're doing. Sweet. And yeah, rate and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram. You can listen to us everywhere you get podcasts. Until next time, adios. Peace. Peace.